broadcasting from our studios in beautiful Vancouver, Canada, this is Hashtag Finance, West Coast Edition, presented to you by the CSE, the Exchange for Entrepreneurs. Hi, my name is Anna Saren, and I'm here today in the CC Podcast, Hashtag Finance, West Coast Edition. Today, I'm joined by Brian Fowler. Thank you for joining me, Brian. Thank you. And you are with North Star Gold Corporation, and you are one of the newest members of the CSC family. That's correct. You just listed with us via IPO in January, didn't you? That's correct. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the company? Sure, uh, certainly. Uh, North Star Gold Corp, uh, prior to our getting our listing, it's sort of a private company for about 11 years. Uh, company's been focused on gold exploration in the Kirkland Lake region of uh, northeastern Ontario. It's a very prolific gold gold district. During that time, the company raised about $7 million on a private basis, and uh, the proceeds from that went to acquiring our 100% owned flagship property, the uh, Miller Gold property, which is 18 kilometers southeast of Macassa and the Kirkland Lake town and district itself. Uh, we also have 100% interest in two other properties. Uh, one's a gold property called the Bryce, uh, about 30 kilometers to the south, and we have a copper cobalt nickel property, uh, about another 40 kilometers south. So we're focused in that part of the world. Um, during that time, we've uh, put uh, $2 million into our Miller Gold property, uh, and uh, we're very excited about uh, going public. So we, we undertook going public last November and it was a six month process by IPO and we were very happy to have closed it uh, on December 31st. It's a hard process, right? It, it was. It took, uh, yeah, it, it was a concerted effort. We had some great support. Hopefully not due to the CSE, of course. Ah, uh, no, <laughs> no, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Know, it's, it's all good. Uh, it's just, uh, um, you know, it was just a difficult time. And uh, when we first got out of the gate, we were in July and August. So you're trying to raise money for any deal that time of year uh, wasn't the, the, the greatest. But, you know, we, we got traction and we finally, you know, we eventually got it over the line. Uh, we raised, uh, you know, $3 million at 30 cents. Uh, we started trading uh, our tickers NSG uh, on uh, January 2nd. And yeah, so we're, uh, we're cashed up and we're uh, about to embark on a, $1.1 million program, uh, drill program on our Miller Gold property. That's really exciting. And I think one thing that's really neat is when we see these private companies who have invested privately and taken the project to a certain place before they look at going to the capital markets to do future raises. It's it's nice to see as opposed to the initial, right? The risk factor just goes up that much more mm-hmm. for the investor. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Kirkland Lake? Right. Uh, I guess if, if you're in gold exploration or in gold business, uh, Kirkland Lake's a great address to have. Uh, it's a historic mining camp. It's produced over 25 million ounces of gold uh, from seven mines uh, this past century. Um, and uh, one of the main mines is still active, uh, Kirkland Lake Gold's uh, Macassa South Mine Complex, uh, which has been in the news lately with some fairly new and substantial uh, deep discoveries of high-grade gold mineralization. Uh, the, our property, as I mentioned, is 18 kilometers southeast uh, of that uh, of, of uh, Kirkland Gold's uh, Macassar property, and it shares a number of very important geological similarities with the Kirkland camp. 
Um, and I'll get it, try to keep this simple, but most of these, most of these deposits and all the main deposits in the Kirkland camp are situated along big, they're called breaks. They're big fault structures that go very, very deep into the earth's crust. And they are uh, very critical in focusing and channeling gold rich fluids up from the man up from the mantle and up from the through the through the crust and localizing uh, those the gold in deposits at or near those breaks. So in the Kirkland, uh, that, that break is called the Larder Cadillac Break in, uh, in Kirkland Lake. Um, we have a break, a similar break on our property. It's called the Catherine Fault, and it does join up with the Kirkland Larder Break. So these... these and is a natural fault in They're natural, the long-lived structures yeah. wow. that are there. So we've got a similar style of plumbing, uh, that, and we also have a similar style of mineralization. Now, the mineralization at Kirkland is quite unique in that it's high-grade gold but it also has tellurides which is a submetallic mineral that can carry a lot of gold in itself um, and it's quite unique and we share we uh, the gold mineralization on the Miller property is identical it's the same style it carries we have uh, tellurides we have very high grade gold mineralization in quartz veins in in uh, in volcanics uh, in addition to that the rock types are the same age. Geologists can date this stuff, but we also know that the gold mineralization is the same age as a Kirkland camp. So the inference is that we've got the same plumbing, we've got the same age of mineralization, right. we've got the same style of mineralization. So we think we're tapping the same source of gold. And you got 25 million ounces uh, coming out of the Kirkland camp. And our project has a historic estimate uh, and uh, an exploration target that I can get into. Uh, similar style of mineralization, but this is all near surface. So there's been no real systematic exploration below 300 meters on the property. Wow. So it's, uh, it, it presents a pretty exceptional opportunity. An opportunity, absolutely. Yeah. What is a historical estimate? Uh, okay, um, right now we have it's forty three one hundred one. Uh, this is all post Brex. Um, a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of issues. So uh, the security, the regulators, and everyone thought they would try to tighten things up and and uh, make it better and safer environment for investors and provide a strict rule rules and guidelines for mining companies to report estimates or, or resources, mineral resources. Which is the 43101. Which is the 43101. Yeah. So prior to that, um, the work that was done prior to that, a lot of it was great work, if not better than today, if you, in my opinion. But it didn't meet a lot of these classifications or, okay. or this, this classification. So as such, it's the regulators are very uh, strict in that you can only call this like a, a, a historic estimate. Okay. Uh, and so that's, that just tells tells the, uh, the investor and the audience that okay this has this estimate did not uh, meet the work requirements and technical right. requirements for that are in place today so when you read a press release and it says that that's what that means that's so exactly what that so means. so the work was done at some point before the 43101 came into being exactly um, so it's historical that's interesting I didn't even know yeah. that actually that's really yeah. interesting so it is a very concern and companies have to be very careful and the regulators uh, keep a very close eye on that uh, making sure that mining companies exploration companies report accurately so as you mentioned uh, the Miller property is it is an old mining camp in its own right there's 11 shallow shafts on the property uh, there, there was an old mine called the Miller Independence Mine that was on, on you know, that was active in the early 1900s on the property um, there production is really questionable we don't really know um, 
and then it, uh, like most of these mining stories, it, they were working away until the mill burned down in, their, in the late 30s, and, and that, that was the was end it. of it. Uh, in the late 80s, a uh, company came in and um, assembled some of the ground and drilled uh, 37 vertical holes in the area where the Miller Independence Mine was, and they established this historic estimate, which is um, 270,000 ounces of 11.5 grams per ton gold. So it's fairly decent grade, yeah. uh, but this estimate is not based upon normal 43101 criteria, and we get that and we understand that. Uh, so, but we're very. It's still data to pay attention to. Absolutely, yeah. and so part of our uh, uh, program and our what we're going to do this year is to go in and drill uh, some more holes within portions of that estimate to confirm the historic drilling and historic assays. We don't have all the data. Uh, we have some of it. Uh, we have drilled a couple holes around there previously. We acquired the property in 2012. We did some drilling in 2014 and 2015. So we got a good feeling uh, about what's there. We also did a fair bit of surface stripping and, and uh, we even just a bulk sampling, uh, a bulk sample program in, uh, in 2016. So we what's got- What's surface stripping? Uh, it's where you, you go in and you just, uh, you know, you use either an excavator or, uh, uh, you know, that's probably the best way Scratch to do it. Scratch at the surface? You do. And you, <laughs> you remove the overburden because uh, most places in Ontario, there's a lot of drift uh, cover with uh, dirt yeah. not, that's left from the glaciers. But uh, we're quite fortunate on our property that that veneer is not very thick. Right. So uh, stripping is quite effective. And the company has done a fair bit of that uh, over, the, over the years. And that work has been, uh, has shown us a number of things, uh, probably the most important being that there's a lot of vertical gold-bearing structures on the property that, uh, well, if you're drilling vertical holes, you don't have a hope of uh, figuring out what's Randomly going Randomly finding it. Exactly. Yeah. So you're either drilling right down it or yeah. else you're right beside it and you don't even know about it. So you really need to kind of um, angle your holes and come at it with a much uh, better, uh, you know, a better plan. Yeah. And you can do what's called oriented core, where when you're drilling a hole, you can actually position the core so that when the geologist looks at it in the box, you can relate all the structures that you see back to real, uh, you know, uh, real coordinates. So you can really understand what's wow. going on. And then when you map the property, the geologist will map a property and that's done primarily by mapping the surface exposures or the right. trenches or whatever you do. And then you're ultimately, you're just building a three-dimensional model of the geology and the controls and mineralization on the property. And that's what drilling and that's what stripping, that's what yeah. trenching, mapping, that, that's that's where you're going. And then when and so you, those samples give you an idea of what you think is under there and how it's formed under the ground. It gives you an idea of the controls. Right. And yes. And uh, and then uh, this in terms of the geology on the property it's it's uh, it's it's a big it's called a big hydrothermal it's a big altered zone uh, there's a, been a tremendous amount of deformation a long period of deformation squeezing of the rocks uh, intrusions of crystalline uh, stocks coming up to volcanoes that were probably up top but someday that have, have since been eroded uh, and the gold mineralization has been coming up and so all this rock has been worked and squeezed and and juiced up and and uh, and it fractures and then gold will deposit in voids or in, pre in pressure shadows or there's certain areas that geologists know where uh, mineralization and gold deposits are most likely to occur. Right. So we try to so understand So based on that. different moves 
underneath the earth, you can estimate that this would be created here. So a gold deposit could be created. The more you understand yeah. the geometry and the timing and mineralization and the nature of it, the better chance you have at finding where, where it all dumped out. And uh, the beauty of these types of deposits, like Kirkland Lake, or yeah. they're called Archean. These are very, very old deposits, you know, over two and a half billion years old. Wow. These rocks are very, very old. But the beauty of these types of deposits is that typically the gold deposits is they're very continuous. Uh, in some cases, much more continuous at depth than they are along strike, most cases probably. Um, so once you're in one and you can see it, then you can keep going and these these uh this style of geology and these types of deposits can generally tr translate into multi-million ounce deposits and it's the same kind of thing you see in a dome uh red lake uh yeah. you know um uh, you know in the kirkland camp um so yeah th so it's a great uh you got the right things going to, yeah. and, and then you have a much better chance of finding something big. You look at Kirkland uh, at the Macassa, like that's been mining, they've been mining since 1930 and they're still finding high grade. Wow. Incredible. Kirkland, they had one, one drill hole, I believe it was 2,700 grams per ton gold over 1.8 meters. Like that's phenomenal. Wow. That's 2.7 kilos of gold over, over nearly two meters. Everyone else is talking grams per ton. So you can get tremendous grades and a big part of that grade um, boost is the is the occurrence of uh, tellurides uh, because tellurides can carry a lot of gold as well. So it's it's quite unique. Uh, now, sorry, this comes up a lot when I talk to people yeah. in the mining sector. Grams per ton. If I'm brand new to the investment space, what does grams per ton mean? Well, prior to grams per ton, there was ounces per ton, and that's how it was just the uh, troy ounces. It's just the the measure of a concentration of gold in a in a volume of rock. Okay. So um, in the old days, it was ounces per short ton, and the short ton is uh, like two thousand pounds, and the ounces are troy ounces, so it's based on a twenty-four ounce system. Okay. Um, so um, I think I got that right. <laughs> and then uh, with uh, so with the imperial system, then now it just translates to grams per ton. So there is a conversion of the of the troy ounces to grams, and then the short short tons to metric tons and okay. it's 2.2 or yeah 2.2 so is so. that essentially taking a ton of rock out of the ground and the amount of mineralization found within it is it, it just works. that comparison yeah that's what okay. uh, the drilling exploration that's what you do all your end game is when you're exploring and you're drilling is that you're trying to define a volume of rock yeah uh, with a grade uh, you're trying to estimate the grade gold grade as best as possible and that only comes with a very solid understanding of the geology yeah uh, adequate drilling and uh, very precise analyses and uh, there's a procedures the way to do it uh, you got to make sure you're doing it right and then uh, then you can take it to the next and the geological model is probably the most important thing and I'm not just saying that because I'm a geologist but it is if you don't understand the geology that controls the mineralization you're whistling in the dark and you don't know what's going on yeah and there are numbers of examples out there in the past mining companies that went into feasibility or mine building without a 
solid really? from bottle and they blew up. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It, it I won't happens. ask you to name names. I won't. Because <laughs> I, I don't want to get sued. But, uh, Tell but, me off the air. <laughs> but but it, it happens. So, yeah. so you really need to understand the geology and that's yeah. what the geologists do. And then once you've got that kind of figured out, then you bring in a geostatistician. Or the, these are people that specialize and they apply statistics to the distribution of gold within the constraints of your geological model. Basically, geologists will develop a geological model and you try to define three-dimensional uh, domains right. that contain the gold yeah. or, or, you know, based on geological, visual, uh, physical characteristics uh, that the geologists have measured while they've been logging the rock and, and looking at it. Yeah. So the geostatistician, if he knows what he's doing, incorporates that, honors that on a statistical uh, basis and will uh, apply a number and do a number of uh, data exploratory uh, data analysis and look at and do all kinds of neat and wonderful things on the statistical side. And then they come up with uh, ultimately, and then they apply uh, estimation processes. There's one called Kriegin, which is probably the most common. And uh, so it's a series of uh, algorithms and, and, and logarithms and, and uh, I used to know, know this stuff. <laughs> but anyway, it, it, is a, it is a science. Yeah. And, uh, and then they apply all of that towards uh, coming up with an estimate, uh, a grade estimate for your deposit. Wow. And then that, you know, and then that goes back and forth with the geologists because, yeah. uh, you know, geologists are not, they won't like it right, right away because they think it's shortcut. It's under, underestimating what's there. Right. Their but, baby, right? Yeah. And <laughs> you, you want it right. And yeah. because you haven't even got to the engineers yet, which are the guys that basically blow up your project because as soon as they put economic, and I'm being facetious, <laughs> but, but when you get to the point where you've got, um, you know, you got to start putting uh, economic constraints on actually yeah. extracting the, 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 the mineral, whatever it is you're, you're looking at. So, um, so that, and then it's very important. So the geologist, the geostatistician have to sign off on it and say, yeah, okay, we get this. Uh, we can, the geostatistician can support the uh, premises and uh, the observations that the geologist makes by looking at it on a statistical basis. And if they can do that, then you've got agreement and that gives you confidence that, okay, this is probably right or as close to right as you're going to get. And that's what an estimate is. And it's all of those parties coming that's together. That's the estimate. And then wow. once you got that, then you go to the engineer and then he tries to, to right away he'll tell you it's got to be bigger and it's got to have more <laughs> grade. Uh, why are you wasting my time? But, uh, you know, that's, so anyways, you, that's the process. And then you work wow. with that and then it goes back and forth and it's a long, a very long process. Yeah. And, uh, I worked with Placidome for 13 years capital intensive pro process it's capital as well. absolutely and uh oh yeah i haven't gotten there yet uh, <laughs> but to build mines is, is phenomenal so, so once you get to that place and let's say you decide to go ahead with a full-blown blown drill program is it quite often what they estimated or is it quite often not at all what we anticipated well, when you get to that point where I'm just describing, that's all been drilled. It's all drilled off. Okay. You're ready to mine. You're ready you, to So go. all what you're doing is just trying to get the engineer's job is to put a mine plan around that and demonstrate okay. 
profitability and then away you go. Uh, and profitability is how much it costs to extract the ore body versus how much. How big do you want to make it? How right. much money it's going to cost? Your How long it's going to take to get payback? Yeah. Uh, all these variables. And uh, these, these mines are expensive and they need to be financed. And yeah. Typically, uh, they've got, you know, it could be anywhere from a year to three or four years of where they're, they're not making any money. Infrastructure it's just, being built. You're just building the thing and yeah. getting it going. And then you, you're, you're, you're generating revenue, but you have, you're not, you're just servicing your debt yeah. to, to make it to that point. So it's very, very difficult. Yeah. And people need to really understand, they don't understand uh, how difficult it is to actually make a mine. It's something that on numerous occasions, it takes a number of times, number of attempts. One company will come in, do what they can, try to make it work doesn't work can't raise any more money because the market thinks it's it's not there yeah they lose it they sell it and somebody else comes in starts it up again wow carries on and this goes on and on and on and on yeah. and then uh at some point um something will happen there'll be a new geological idea or somebody will drill in a different direction or something all of a sudden you find something some else new data comes yeah, to light yeah new high grade whatever and it's like holy smokes we got something else here and then you focus on that and then you supplement your previous uh, work and it's like wow we think we can make this work so that happens all the time so um but it's extremely long. Well, you guys are process. dedicated. That is a long process. Well, it is. It yeah. Is. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it, it works, and yeah. uh, and people at companies that take shortcuts generally blow up. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a process. It takes a lot of time and money and smart people, smart geologists, smart geostatisticians, smart engineers. Uh, you need access to capital. You need the right kind of people that can raise the capital and make sure that. Uh, you know, yeah, at the end of the day, you've got a, a profitable mining operation. Well, and I think that really speaks volumes to when everyone says when you're looking at investments is the management team. So I think that's really where that speaks to it. Having the right people involved and, and uh, you know, running the program is really going to make or break the opportunity because, like you said, there could be something there, but, you know, they failed on their execution. They walk away from it and a new team has to come in and, and take it from there. Brian, listen, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. I, I learned a ton. I bet our listeners learned a ton. Um, maybe is there anything you want to finish off on as far as, uh, you know, what's happening in 2020 for the company, anything for us to watch out for? Yeah, um, absolutely. Like I said, we have a, we have a near surface estimate. It's high grade. Uh, I didn't mention there's a mine just beside us that uh, was in production in the late forties and that produced, uh, they produced 70,000 ounces at 11.2 grams per ton. The depth extent of that deposit extends onto our property, uh, at depth. So we've got, uh, like I said, uh, the North star checks all the boxes and that's why I joined this group. Um, like you said, we got a property, it's hundred percent owned. It's got all the earmarks of something big and Kirkland style mineralization. It's only been explored on a shallow basis. We're fully permitted. We're cashed up. We're going to be drilling. Uh, the drill is going to, drilling is going to be starting here. Um, probably the 23rd of February, which is very soon. Wow. And we expect, you know, our, our initial drilling is going to be fairly shallow. So we expect a quick turnaround and, and, and results. So we will be having a, a very steady news flow going forward from, you know, mid to late March onward. Yeah. Um, so that's important to investors. 
uh, the company. That's kind of nice. You'll be going into PDAC with the drilling started. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's nice stuff to talk about when you're on that floor. It is. Yeah. People. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. No. So, so that's good. And, and the company share structure is, is, is very tight. Uh, we got uh, 35 million shares out and, wow. uh, you know, we, uh, um, plan to keep our share structure tight uh you know we're we're very cognizant of that we've had a little bit a lot of very loyal shareholders that have been in this deal for over 10 years yeah and a lot of new shareholders which have been great uh so we definitely want to make it make it worth their while and you mentioned you touched on people and uh, that's one of the big draws for me with this company as well and i did you know we've got a very uh Excellent group of accomplished uh, mining, exploration, development, uh, finance, uh, investment banking um, professionals that, uh, you know, have uh, we've done it all. So we've got a great team. And that was a big draw for me. And a particular uh, one that really stands out for me is uh, a special advisor, Mike Sutton. Uh, He's uh, he's hands on with with our company. And Mike won Prospect of the Year Award at PDAC in 2006. For the discovery of the yeah. Macassas South Mine Complex. Wow, that's so fantastic. So he knows the beast, yeah. and he knows what we have, and he's he's front and center with us. So so it's good. So that's it awesome. checks all the boxes. And uh, you know what's really neat? What I like about this is, um, you know, one of the beauties of the capital markets in the mining sector is, you know, if you go and do your drill program, and you don't find the results, or 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 it doesn't go as expected. Shareholders get an opportunity to participate in future ventures, which is the RTO um, as we know it today. Um, and I think it's really neat that you guys um, did a direct listing that the share structure is built out it's just your share structure it's your shareholders and I think that shows that there's definitely potential upside for the existing shareholders and new shareholders coming in because you really are kind of at ground zero as opposed to a company that might be on its 10th or 11th project um, you know and had to go through you know maybe a potential rollback or or you know further dilution Mm -hmm. because they've had to do a bunch of capital raises so definitely we'll be watching you guys as you move forward and I I wish you guys all the best and again welcome to the CSC family we're excited to have you guys with us it's great to be here my name's Anna Saren thanks so much for joining us today for the West Coast edition of Hashtag Finance.